Thanks for your company on the Jock and Journo podcast. We have another massive show ahead. I'm Jay Clark, and it's great to welcome this man once again, uh, the technical genius behind the Jock and Journo show. Hello, Braden Cox. Me? I thought you were talking about Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good with the tech. <laughs> no, not yet. Uh, and of course, the five-time All-Australian, five-time Best and Ferris winner, three-time Anzac Day medalist. Hello to you, Scotty Pendlebury. G'day, mate. How are you travelling? I'm, uh, I'm well, mate. Got the buttons undone. Nice and relaxed. Nice and relaxed here at the George, 162 Collins Street. Scotty, um, you come in here with a big bandage around your middle finger, and I've got a slight bone to pick with you because so you stick it up at me. Um, I'm just showing you. <laughs> does any player in the AFL hurt their middle finger more than you? Well, can you keep this thing out of trouble? Because it seems like you can't go through a season without hurting your finger. I've been coughing it a little bit this week about chalky bones. Um, <laughs> Yeah, not enough milk. Not enough milk back in the day, or now it's three. That's three, two on this, two broken bones on this one, and one on the other one. So yeah, yeah, it's not ideal, is it? But I don't know. Maybe it's better than doing a hammy. I guess I don't know. It's just that's all I've done. I've only broken bones. I've broken both feet, both legs, both middle fingers, and now this one twice. So it probably means I'll break my other one at some stage soon. We have managed to track down vision of the incident and it appears if it, as if it was a uh, friendly fire a teammate who broke your yeah. finger can you explain what happened well I, th- I think it happened a little bit before that incident um and then i think that was the one that was like sort of the icing on the cake so what happened um well Braden went to sort of give elliot yo just a bit of a how you going in the guts with an elbow and didn't realize my finger was there and he's obviously hit his his elbows cracked into my finger and then I felt it sort of pop out. I thought I'd sort of dislocated my finger and looked down. It wasn't it was quite bent, so I got the um, doctor to come out and try and straighten it, but he straightened it and then it just sort of went bent again, so we knew it wasn't dislocated. Um, so, yeah, then at half time we just had to go in and make a, a guard and try and get that on and set and the rush of half time we sort of took a little bit longer and got it sorted and that's twice now Braden's made me have surgery over there that ground he pushed Liam Ryan into me last year that cracked me jaw and made me have to get two front teeth and then this year surgery on my finger so I owe Braden a couple you do I think that's fair and you've looked after him all these uh, all these years what did it actually do to you? what was the injury explain the injury and what the surgery did um, yeah so I basically just had a broken finger on those simple terms mm-hmm. um, and the middle yeah. part of your finger yeah middle part of my finger so we had to go in Oh, I didn't. I was asleep. Mm. Um, yeah, it's not bad having to go to sleep. <laughs> um, yeah, so went in. Uh, they put a couple of screws in the middle part of my finger just to um, secure the break. So you, something that we asked if you could sort of if time would, would heal it, but because of where the break is, um, you know, even if you play with a guard, it would likely just keep sort of fragmenting and do more and more damage. So they go in and they put a screw in it, um, which secures the break and keeps it together and now it allows it I think it's like 14 days and we'll start sticking together and um, yeah it should sort of work together so now it's it's I don't know I think it's like effectively stronger right now than it would have been playing with it in the second half sort of sliding in and out very gutsy Scott very courageous of you to play through all that pain in the second half and lead the pies to a magnificent uh, road win one of your best road wins we'll get to that in a second obvious question is and I know you haven't seen your surgeon yet but do you think you could play with that as it's feeling right now this weekend? Um, are you Rob Waters? 
<laughs> I saw that little interview. That you was did. so weird. He asked me like a hundred times. No, he would have asked me ten times. He's just asking what everyone wants to know. I know, but after the first time I say it, you'd think you'd be like, all right, I trust that. Yeah. And he's like, so will you play this weekend? It's like, I see the surgeon Thursdays. So I'll find out more then. <laughs> so you're not ruling out this week. I don't know. Yep. Like, so, yeah. So my uh, my timeline is pretty short. So um, I what see the mean? surgeon tomorrow. Yeah. Um, Thursday. Yeah, Thursday. And I think it would be anywhere from you can play this weekend if you can tolerate the pain. Obviously, surgery's helped it. We'll get a guard on it. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's functional and you can sort of bend it and tackle and do all those sort of things yeah. and put up with that, then you'll be right to go. And if you can't, it will be missed this week and then play the following week. So I think, um, yeah, maybe one week, maybe play this week. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it will come down to... Um, first off tomorrow how the wound has healed so if, you, if there's any risk of infection you obviously won't play um, but if that's healed well enough then I could play yeah. on Saturday functionally it's okay yeah Scott this is what I think is going to happen on Friday invite all, all Collingwood fans down to um, LMP Park I want to see you on the boundary line perform the finger fitness test <laughs> is that what you're going to have to be put through um, no <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't have to do that at half time so yeah I the tackling, marking, yeah. all that type of stuff. So, yeah, see how I go. And, um, yeah, it's one of those ones. If I'm right, I'm right. If I'm not, I won't be able to play. What's your gut feel? Uh, Put it in a time capsule and have it. Because it's because I've been in this literally since, like, I didn't even have 12 hours. Like, the surgery process happened so quickly from when I landed in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. It was sort of like x-ray, went to go to my physio's house to get a guard made up so I could stay in a sort of splint and a stable condition to yep. getting a phone call from the surgeon asking what time I'd eaten yep. to then getting told I'm having surgery but they don't know where because they didn't have a room. So yep. they found a room. Can I get there? I was like, bang, so straight there. Before straight I knew in. it, I was asleep, finger fixed. Go from there. So um, it's, it's in plaster at the moment. So I've, <clears throat> I haven't seen my finger. It's been taped up. Um, so, yeah, I'm – yeah. I don't know. I'll literally, as soon as, like tomorrow when I get taken off, try and move it, see how it feels. I reckon I'll know pretty quickly tomorrow if it's a chance or not. What's your guess? This, I just, <laughs> I'm relentless. You have to guess. What do you mean? Put it in a time cap. Do you think you'll play this week or not? I'm unsure. I don't like to speculate because if I say no or I say yes, I'm not sure. And Jock, I'm not, we got, I'm they not got a very Jay, loyal. I'm not, you got I'm a very loyal. <laughs> At this stage, I'm not ruling it out. <laughs> very gutsy and uh, courageous. Still, I want to. I want an Instagram video of this finger fitness test that you need to go oh, through. Well, because I'll, I'll that, get you one. That will be yeah, yeah. one of your uh, Bit of finger speed and finger agility. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no. It's nice work though from your medical team because Coco, if you and I needed um, our fingers patched up or something done, we'd, we'd we'd have to wait several weeks. I mean, even with the private health insurance, we'd 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 just jo- join the long queue. The medical wins you have hurt yourself. The medical fraternity of Melbourne, like the bat signal goes up up Collins Street. Everything went into shutdown. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's probably other people yes. lining up to get yes lung life, transplants. Life it was surgery. a small. <laughs> it was a very quick operation, so squeeze me in. Uh, Okay, good work. Um, what about the whistle? Uh, was it painful to play with in the second half? Um, because it was... Yeah, we put a guard. It was probably like painful and I would be better when I play, um, say, Saturday if it's right and I get a guard on it. I'll have practice with it, whereas it's yeah. pretty weird running around with a guard on your finger. Like it's only a small thing, but you sort of need your hands a fair bit with footy to handle the ball, to tackle, to yes. do all those sort of things. So, yeah, it was a little bit uncomfortable. Once we got the guard on right and strapped on 
well, yeah. um, it was much more comfortable to play with. I saw the first attempt. The doctor was trying to um, splint up your fingers, and you just sort of ran off on him. Yeah, well, he was just like, was, the play was coming. He was trying to... He was going about it the wrong way again. He was trying to fix your fingers, and you decided just we to run off. did a long stint at medical school, and he was taping <laughs> up the way I wasn't happy with his. So, uh, uh, we got there in the end. What about this win, Scotty? Uh, yeah, I thought uh, I was sitting on the couch, 16 points down. Was it a three-quarter time? I thought you were shot, to be honest. So, I'd given up hope. But you found something. And the intensity in the engine room in particular uh, and the pressure around the ball was outstanding. You would have been very proud. Yeah, it was a um, really good win. I think even in the first quarter, I was a little bit shocked at how the game was unfolding. It sort of went against the script of Collingwood West Coast where, you know, I think halfway through the second quarter it was like 50 points all. Like it was almost a shootout. Every time we went in, we scored. Every time they went in, they scored. And, yep. Um, it was high score. Both offenses were just dominant. Mm. Um, so from that point of view, I was actually a little bit pleased that our offense was clicking because that's been an area of weakness for us. Yeah, and then I think in the – we had that little bit in the little patch in the um, third quarter where they sort of got on top of us and we were struggling a little bit. But I thought we defended really well and we held up at those times and then – Probably from the middle part of the third quarter to the end, I thought we had some chances to score and we kicked some points. And then the last quarter, we were able to turn the tables a little bit on West Coast of what they'd been doing to us, where grind us out. And I think we kicked two goals eight in the last quarter to their one point. So we we made the most of you know that. Oh, we sorry, we didn't make the most of the domination we had, but mm-hmm. we um we scored enough points to get us in front. And yeah, yeah, it was a really gutsy win, and um, it was nice to to get one over the top of them. We've, I think they've beaten us the last four times they played us. So, you know, they're they're a good football side. And I think, you know, the emotion after the game too was yeah. just the any time you play, no matter where you're playing, if you win by one point, it's it's pretty special because you just you're literally fighting for everything at that stage of the game, tooth and nail to just scrap and claw and when the siren goes, it's just such relief. I wanna ask you about um your time on the wing in that game in a second but uh, if you heard that background noise before Coco was that that could have been the espresso martini you just thought it here because at the George 162 Collins Street the drinks are amazing they have the best Vietnamese uh, in town um, the lamb cutlets I know they're your particular favourite uh, Coco um, you uh, always bang on about the um, prawns wasn't it prawns Prawns are your favourite, Scotty. It is magnificent. The best Vietnamese in town, the George on Collins, 162 Collins Street. You know what, Scotty? Coming up, August 16, they've got the best lunch in Melbourne. It's an exclusive lunch. You've got to kick off at about 1 o'clock. And you know what? The best thing about this is not only do you get to drink a bit of Grange throughout, but you get to take home your own bottle of Grange Coco. I've never had one because I have no money. But <laughs> I, I, I imagine it's I nice. have a bottle of... Grange at home. Do oh, you? Gifted to me for my wedding. Something special. So what? So what? You come here. Yeah. Get lunch. Take home a bottle of Grange and lunch and drink Grange. You have a bit of a taste throughout the day. Yeah, yeah. So eight hundred and fifty dollars is the ticket. Limited seats. Only uh, a few left. Eight hundred and fifty bucks for just the ticket. Yeah. And you get a Grange. Yes. So you're saving money. Well, the Grange is, I think, normally about nine hundred thousand bucks. So that's like a free lunch. Come, Basically. come to the George. And you get to sample a little bit of Grange. How good is that? Well, I might have a look. I think we play in Adelaide on the, the day after, so I might send someone for me just to collect. <laughs> yeah. They can enjoy the lunch. We'll get a free well, hey, You boys, what do you want to do? We'll be there. I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm going to go, and that is an absolute bargain. George, 162 Collins Street. Get down here for Melbourne's best Vietnamese espresso martinis, fruity cocktails. Well, if you were going to buy a bottle of Grange, well, you'd be you'd 900. Just, you'd just come here just to get the value add. You get a free you're lunch. getting a free lunch, yep. taste Grange, and a bottle of Grange. Yep. 
and, and a hang good out, day. Hang out with us. Get, the, get the millionaire dollar. <laughs> millionaire eggplant. <laughs> millionaire eggplant. I stuff it up every time. This is why I do the promos. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> I do them well I either. Now, you did spend, seem to spend a bit of time on the wing, Scotty. Yeah. So, Dugowie spent more time on ball. You're out the wing. Still um, uh, second best on the coach's votes with 32 possessions, That's I think. where they put the speedsters. Yeah. Talk to us about this uh, the role on Friday night. Um, yeah, so I was just a little bit more outside. Yeah, sort of just wing and then allowed Geordie to get inside at centre bounces, which is plays to his strength over there. So, um, yeah, we, we did obviously do that little different thing off the back where, you know, I'd start on the wing and then run the square and you could come in off the back so we did that and what do you um, call that the bullet or the spitter no everyone, nothing really the thunderbolt we just, we just called it off the back okay um it's funny Boy. though everyone every, everyone does love a term in footies they yes. want to be able to name the term yes um yeah gone. so i did that and i thought it um i thought it worked well um you know essentially i was a midfielder around the ground but just at center bounce geordie was you know he had there. an impact yeah yeah really good and i think his size um yeah his size his speed his power um you know and it helps get him into the game as well because sometimes if you're just playing that forward role graveyard sort of, shift oh you just you get a bit starved if the ball's not coming down so yeah. he was able to play mid he went forward when he needed to he come back into the mid when he wanted to um, and a player like that around the footy he had he had some really big impact late in the game and it was just like 50-50 balls where he would won yeah. hit, hit a body um, I think he fed one back to Steele like he's really good around the footy and then it allowed Steele myself flipper a bit more outside mm-hmm. um what about the three-quarter time address? What, ha- what happened then? Because you're 16 points down. What about the belief and the, you, the role you play in that at that point? Yeah. Bucks, how do you really get around each other? You know, there wasn't like an amazing message or a tactical move that happened. It was just... I really pictured you doing something inspiring like... I was getting my finger, finger strapped oh, okay. at the back of the pack. Um, <laughs> it was really just a reset. Like, righto, here we are, three-quarter time. Mm-hmm. What we're doing is... We feel like Bucks is like we feel like we're getting close. It's working now's now's what we spoke about before the game about you know got to be, got to be able to grind and grind through this and mm-hmm. see what can happen. And yeah, I think always whenever in that position though, the first goal is crucial. So we got the I think Geordie kicked the first goal did he to start the last was it or checkers maybe I'm not sure. And then all of a sudden it's ten points and um, we'd taken the crowd out a little bit and mm-hmm. then we got some territory game and. Yeah, I thought we just ground out really well. And so, what's um, the key? Question me there. What's the key in beating where you've failed before in overcoming the McGovern brass thing? What did you do this time that you haven't been able to do previously? I mean, is, is oh, it just it's getting just separation on them and oh, I hit think, the targets? I think our forwards worked a bit better together in creating some separation for each other and blocking for each other. And mm-hmm. um, you know, something we we took from West Coast. West Coast smalls block our tall backs really well, so their guys can get a run and jump and. Um, you know, something that we looked at and thought, you know, you know, they do this little tactic really well and it's something that we could add to our game. And, <clears throat> yeah, then our big boys, I thought, when they didn't mark it, for the most part, they brought it to ground. And, um, yeah, then when, when you bring it to ground, it allows you to pressure. Um, it keeps the game with a bit of speed on it. And then a couple of times they had to try and hat kick it out or try and get through our pressure. And, you know, we got a couple of scoring opportunities from that. And Did you get pinged for blocking off the ball? Did I? Yeah. Saw a couple of times, a couple nah, of cheeky I, blocks. Uh, Coxie's first goal, I sort of just lent into Barras. Um, yeah, if that got called a free kick, well, then there'd be a thousand a game. So, um, you know, I think Hawthorne years ago were probably the first side that were really started that, just the little blocks where you just get in front and, you know, get some separation. It's just, it's come from basketball, a lot of screening off the ball. And, um, yeah, there's not, you know, I suppose there's nothing too dissimilar. You know, Lockie Neal on the weekend, he was getting... He'd go to run and that block him 
well then that's got to be a free kick if you're not allowed to block in the other elements of the game so um, the good sides do it and yeah I thought our forwards competed better our ball movement was a bit better on the weekend and yeah we got some um, reward for, for effort and then we kept going and um, yeah once again it was another you know really good game between us and the Eagles and no doubt we'll see them again later down the track. Mm, there's a nice old <coughs> rivalry building there. If I was going to go after any young key defender in the competition, I reckon it might be Tommy Barras. He's as, he's as underrated. or oh, He doesn't get the recognition. I didn't realise he was 21. Yeah. Is he 21 or 20? Something like that. He's and huge. Young. He looks like about a 28-year-old. Smart. He's um, Yeah, really, really good defender. And yeah. I agree, doesn't get any recognition. Should. He's a gun. Yeah. Hey, um. Couple of senior coaching vacancies. Is at uh, Alan Richardson's press conference um, this weekend. How it handled it himself exceptionally well, Richo. Um, he probably doesn't have the body of work. Didn't get the wins on the board at St Kilda uh, clearly, um, but certainly is an outsta- outstanding bloke. And um, nice that he got a classy exit, Scotty. But it's interesting now with vacancies at uh, Carlton, St Kilda, and North Melbourne. We're all talking is about. That it? Are they done? Yeah, you reckon? Well, I think it's still watch the Are you space at Essendon's head. Look, I don't come for people. The media, heads. we don't do that, Scotty. You know <laughs> that. I mean, it's, Melbourne's had a really disappointing year, haven't they? Like a real fall for grace, but because Goody's contracted and he's got credits in the bank from last year, there's almost been no talk about them. So that's interesting. It's they've had a really disappointing year. But in, in terms of the conversation of the assistant coaches, it's really hard to know. Like when you have to list twenty assistant coaches and say, "Oh, Blake Carousel is the next man," or Matty Scarlett at Geelong, or it's it's. It's really hard from the outside to know what their capability is because you never really get to see it. But you got yeah. to, you've got, oh yeah, all my assistants. So um, probably our most senior assistant, Robert Harvey. Um, you can, I can see how it would play out already, and I think that would be silly if they didn't ask the question of Harvey's club legend. Well, how good is he? Best you you get to deal with yeah, his midfield coach. Yeah, he's our midfield coach, and I don't know, I su- uh, senior assistant is he or pseudo senior assistant? I'm not sure. Right hand man. Um, but yeah, tactically as brilliant as anyone I've seen in the game. Really? Um, and that's from. So explain that. Well, I think there's there's being tactically brilliant, and then there's being able to get that message through to the playing group, and he can do that easily. Like it's very very clear when he speaks to the players about what we need to do so he can get assistant coaches and you know something that I want to do so I know a bit about what they they, they have so much information and you've got to pick and choose what you think is the most important element to get your side playing the way you want them to play your midfield playing the way that you want them to play so um, you know most of the information that we get as players halves can get you know his 10 pages of information down to two key points about what we need to do to get the job done. Um, yeah, and then I've seen him in the box when I've sat up in the box of just how quickly he identifies shifts in momentum, um, little moves that the opposition sides are trying to do. And then not only that, it's the thing that I've noticed and I really liked about Haas in the box is um, you can pick up moves that are happening, but he's often, he picks up the move, but then it's like, well, what are we just because about? we can see it doesn't mean we need to change what we're doing or that's having effect on how we want to play. We need to change how we're doing it. So he's very good at identifying what sides are doing and how it affects or if it doesn't affect just to let it go. So, um, yeah, for me, it's a a no brainer and the, the, you know, being an ex champion of the club and that sort of stuff, the commercial side of it too. Um, you know, I think a lot of St Kilda people would be wrapped to just hear how I've mentioned in the conversation again. Yeah. But you think he could be an AFL uh, easily. Yeah. Competent senior coach. Yeah. The, the tactical side of it, the 
yeah, game plan, the relationship with players. He's, he's, I think he's been 11 years assistant coach, eight years with us. His relationship with the playing group is unbelievable at our club and, um, you know, how he'd run a pre-season. Like he basically runs our pre-season. Really? Um, hmm. Yeah, and I think our club would be happy to push him up as well. I don't know if they are. I'll probably yeah. get, could get in trouble for this. But, no. Um, well, can you think of any game or any team or anything where you thought that he had a specific influence on a move or a game style that Collingwood fans can think of that you could relate, yeah, well, I think relate our, to? Our midfield last year um, had a big input with how our midfield operated. And we went from, I think, a pretty good midfield to, um, you know, I think we took a really big step last year and, yep. um, you know, this year as well. So with just his ability to get the group working for each other and um, understanding there's, you know, guys that want to, you know, do certain things, but it's all going to tie back into to how we want to play um, and the defensive side of it, which he mm. sees really well. And mm-hmm. um, there's probably not a game where I think, you know, wow, he was yeah, so quick to identify influence. that. But yep. um, it's probably, you know, even say, you know, a bit of stuff with me earlier in the year where I felt like I was going okay, but I wasn't in great form and, seen him on a Monday, had the chat with him, and then the next day he brings in, you know, 10, 12 edits, and he's like, this is why you're out of what you think's out of form. Yeah. He's like, you need to do this, and this will take you straight back to where you need to be. And I had an immediate, like, that was the week before Anzac Day. Ah. An immediate, like, spike in my form just mm-hmm. off a simple shift in my mindset, which he picked up so quickly, and it was just train it, go out there, play it, and it was just you know, really, really simple for me as a player to wow. adjust and then... Good resource. Yeah, 100%. Do you know what's interesting, though? Like, and particularly from a media perspective, just how much that plays into people's perceptions of coaches or players in the competition. So Harv strikes me someone who hasn't always had the pizzazz in the media. You know, when he's interviewed, I think he can be, you know, pretty bit monotone or, you know, he doesn't necessarily have that shininess or sparkliness that some other guys sort of can have in the in the media, and I just wonder, in a, in a way, whether that's counted against him, and mm-hmm. but whether that's right. Yeah. Well, if you're recruiting for a coach, yeah, and you took that into account, yeah, and you're didn't have you, yeah, you should have a look at your position at that club if yeah. you didn't. Yeah. And I I don't know what the other assistant coaches are like out in the land, but I would, yeah, I know that you know Harves is well and truly he would be capable. Yeah. Like if Buck stepped down tomorrow or something happened, he had to step down. Yeah, I've no doubt that Harz would be straight yeah. away our senior coach. Yeah, it just feels with the with the coach uh, coaching appointments, it's all about the buzz a bit. Sometimes you know you can yeah. be a bit flavor of the month. Yeah, and I, and too, and understandably, there's guys in the media that have friends. Yes, because like, a lot of the media is ex players. So yep. like Jonathan Brown endorses Michael Voss, which is completely understandable because their mates has great respect for him, can see what he does. Like exactly what I'm doing right now, I'm endorsing Harz mm. because I know him. Good mate of mine. Yeah, I trust. You're him. giving a real insight. We we on the outside. We yeah, got no idea. We got, yeah. We've got absolutely no yeah. idea how good he is. Yeah, and that's you know I've Brad Scott was assistant coach at Collingwood. Alan Richardson was my development coach. Like all guys that were fantastic. I played with Ray Shaw. Um, you know, so you there's all good people. I think you've just got to cast the net pretty wide and yeah. you know get everyone in, give them a chance, go through a process, and then see where it lands. Yeah. So I wouldn't. I wouldn't say – I often hear it comes down to how you present in the boardroom. That's a bit of a tricky one for me because some guys mightn't present that well in the boardroom, but put them in a coach's box under that pressure, that's different to how you've got to present in a boardroom. Thoughts fair, on that? Fair point because the, the, the presentations, you know, the PowerPoint presentations for a while there, like Damien Hardwick's 
broke or he forgot his computer or his computer broke down and that cost him at, I can't remember which club, but he's proven himself to be a... Mate, Darcy Moore could present a PowerPoint to a boardroom better than anyone, I reckon, in the AFL. Yeah. Like, he's unbelievable, but I don't know if he would sit in a coach's box as good as anyone in the AFL. Mm. You know, so I think comes into it, but it's very hard. Like, how do you get to see him in real Mm. life practice? Like, because you can't, like, St Kilda can't just ring me. No. Like, we want insight into this guy. Like, why am I going to help them? Hang on a sec. Why couldn't, if they, you would answer the questions, honestly. I probably would, yeah. Of course you would. Yeah. Nathan Buckley, I reckon, would. Yeah, no, I would. Probably, yeah, so you probably could do that. Mm. Yeah, that's not a yeah. message to ring me, but... No, <laughs> got your number. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> strong feedback on our pot versus pint discussion um, last week. What'd you get? And it's, it's, Every, it's, it's, it's pot everywhere. Pot? No. No, sorry, pint everywhere. Yeah. I went out for dinner on Monday night with Alex and her little brother and Jax. Yeah. And he ordered a beer and it just come out and it's, it's like a jug. Yeah. Bit warm. This Diesel. is why the schooner is the perfect middle ground, Coco. No one's on schooner. <laughs> Who the would people agree no one with me? Schooner. <laughs> Scott is tucking into the magnificent chicken here, and it's literally just gone down all down his top. You don't want to see he this. He pots us for being sloppy, Coco. This is absolutely uh, extraordinary. It's lucky we're a podcast, isn't it? Imagine if we were on screen. <laughs> this would be very high rating and popular. I saw you. You know, there's sticks in there, Jay. You ate a to, stick. I ate you a just stick. ate the whole. I get thing. hungry. Just the whole thing goes in. So yeah. Crunchy bit of chicken. These chicken wings, honestly, you got to get here, George. 162 Collins Street. Um, interesting discussion around Gold Coast at the moment and whether they are an unsalvageable basket case. I should do Moneyball. What do you mean by that, Scott? Like, go pick the eyes out of everyone's list if they can't get players. Well, they've tried to do that for 10 years and no one wants to go there. I'm sure they've knocked on your door. What about players who are almost done at said club? Yep. It's like, let's, let's go try and get them for... One more year, Who, two more years. Like I don't, what? Who are you I talking don't know. about? I don't want to say players because it's like they're almost done. Say any player in the comp over 30 that... Who would you respect in a way that you think would be a great mentor, great leader, great teacher? Like, um, well, I mean, Luke Hodge is the obvious one. Jared McVeigh, they tried to get out of Sydney. Yeah, Jared McVeigh would be one. So I think he's just done his calf again at Sydney. Yep. Um, so he's got some issues there. But say if Gold Coast had the conversation, was like, do you want to get into coaching after footy? Yep. Would you be open to having a playing coaching role next year? Shawnee Where Bergwijn. you could, uh, Burgoyne from Hawthorne, where you could yep. come help educate how we want to defend, like be an on-ground leader, mm-hmm. similar to what Hodge is doing. And then Joel Selwood style. Help, help us get to that, you know, real competitive bracket every week and help teach these young guys. Because essentially the, the young guys up there are learning off guys their own age or a little bit older than them. They need... Yep. They, they need like that senior figures at their club and Harry Taylor or yeah or you're, I, don't, I don't know the guys that are coming out but the guys yeah like Nathan yeah, Jones yeah Nathan Jones myself yep Joel Selwood anyone that's over 30 that you think that yep. you you could try and get up there and you should they should be asking the question of everyone Hodgie's an extraordinary example at Brisbane the Monday to Friday influence he has uh, Brisbane say has been massive yeah. let alone if they got to a final yeah. how much taller would they walk oh, next- well, even just I know last year for us so going through finals the amount of guys that had just questions for me mm. what's it like what's this like what's that like, like the noise the pressure like I heard Dane Zorko talking the other day and he's like this is a new experience for me yep. they've got someone on their team they can bounce it off and Yep. Keep them level-headed because if there wasn't that guy, like who do they turn to? But the thing is... Well, so you could say, say um, 
Jared Roughhead, Jordan Lewis. Roughhead, best, perfect. Best mates. Lewis, perfect. Best mates. Do you just want to come up to the Gold Coast, give you two years each, um, off-field roles, blah, blah, blah. It's like, like a stable I, pony for Roughhead. I don't know. Just I, It's worth having a crack at. Tell me they both can play senior footy. Are you and Geordie? Me and Geordie to go. Like you go up as a, a Yeah, absolutely. But you know, like you I, two love each other. Yeah. I just think like something like that's worth having a go at. You like the yin and the yang. You and Geordie. He's got the. No, we're we're both pretty similar. Do you like his ad? Is the new ad? I like it. I haven't seen his new ad. Right. Fox Footy. Oh, Flames in the background. And he consume. runs away like he. Nah, sorry, I don't okay. consume a lot of. Um, you watch football. Fox. I watch. You watch football. more footy than anyone. I watch the game. So you believe it or not, during the second quarter, an ad doesn't come up while the game's going. <laughs> So, yeah, but I don't know. Like, yeah, that's it. And, too, like, this is if these guys are finishing out their club at the end of the year and they think they could get one more year out or two more, I think it's not a bad avenue to try. However, let me be Gold Coast CEO. Yeah. If, I'm, if I wanted – what would it take for a club like Gold Coast, though, to get you? Because then you would have to move your whole family. You've yeah, got Jack's coming other, into yeah. school. Alex has got a career here. So it's not just like, hey, come up for the final two years of your career – it's yeah. like you got to take the whole Pendlebury family yeah. and and move them to another state. So this so it's like it's not just like if Joel yeah, Selwood wants the, to play Gold Coast. The conversation you'd have would be around like what's it looking like two plus two as in the football. Like we had Ruffy on as a guest and he wants to get into admin. So is it yeah. two as a player, and then two as coach. this management or yeah. coach or whatever. So you've got to be able to see like a real future there where it's yeah. you know you're not going for two years, you're going for six years and get something out of it so Tyson Goldsack yeah potentially all these he'd be great I think they're the guys that you look at as yeah. a bit of that money ball type things where you're right you can bring these guys in they can help educate help form a culture do all that sort of stuff and then give Stuart Dewar's coach you know support and you know, there's more mentors than just a senior coach before we uh, finish off and we might talk quickly about Ben Simmons but uh, interesting story this week with Mitch McGovern being stood down essentially from Carlton. Even though stood down is probably not the right word, not being selected in the AFL or VFL team because his fitness uh, isn't amazing. Um, yeah. And he's got a three-week roughly training block with Andrew Russell, fitness guru. Um, yeah. Ben Dixon, who's at Hawthorne, said it's the worst three weeks of your life. Andrew Russell, Andrew Russell calls it the cage. It's yeah. like he just absolutely pounds you for three weeks. Um, yeah. It is extremely difficult. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> just th- theoretically... How do you have you been in a situation where you've had a player whose fitness, yep. skin folds, weight isn't yep. at the level? Yep. And how has that played out? Is it a difficult thing? Do you feel a bit let down? Is some um, players just not able yeah, to well, do I that? Think it, it also goes against your team standards. So that's the first reason it gets brought up. So um, I don't know his specific situation, but it'd obviously be like skin folds. Yeah. That and in weight. GPS. Yeah. I think it'd be more skin folds and weight, not actual like on day stuff so yeah. it's um, a lot of being professional is what you do Monday to Friday and what you put in your gob so yeah um, that's where I have trouble yeah <laughs> as I've known you're just eating a stick um, yeah so I think for three weeks he'll have to get into that shape but it's not about three weeks time getting in that shape yeah they want to see a behavioural change where you know when you come back after pre-season you bet that he'll have to step on those scales and mm. get his skin folds done and you know make sure he's in at the level because um, you know, there's also that thing about when you're playing footy, if you're carrying like one kilo of extra body fat yeah. or two kilos of extra body fat, that's so much harder on your body than it needs to be if you were at the right weight, at yeah. the right skin fold. So 
you're actually doing yourself a disservice too because you're not sure how good you could be if you're, mm. you know, you're carrying 14, 15% body fat. So yeah. that's why yeah, Patrick got, Cripps came in here and didn't even eat the rice. Yeah. So that's, so. Oh, Lordy. Yeah. But that's so, he's got I three weeks to get <laughs> him, himself in shape. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's a discipline challenge, obviously, because if you're overweight and your skin folds are high, it's what you're putting in your mouth and yep. you can't control yourself. Yeah. That's all it is. And that's, is that, is that an uncomfortable, uncomfortable and, conversation? Yeah, and he would know though. He would know that, you know, when he's out for dinner, he has chips when he probably shouldn't, you mm. know, stuff like that. So he drinks Coke when he shouldn't drink or whatever that type of stuff is. Yeah. Likes a beer too much. I don't know what it is. So, yeah, um, yeah he and, you know, there's some guys too in the league that, I don't know, they just really struggle with this side of stuff. So he might need education, help around it, learn how to manage himself better. So, um, yeah, and then... As I said, it comes back to the team standard. If you've got 45 guys that are willing to toe the line on this and there's one guy who just consistently just can't, then something needs to happen. One thing I know about AFL players is they absolutely love, 99% of them love playing. That's for all the crap that you have to go through. Yeah, exactly right. That's the hardest thing to be taken away. And that's why when it gets taken away, you usually see a change in behaviour. A spike. Yeah, and I don't know what every club calls it, but yeah, the cage or... At our club, like Super Saturdays, stuff like that. You don't want to be a part of Super Saturday. No, that don't sound that super. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> yeah, you see guys like, you know, we play on a Saturday, we'll be at the club in the morning, about to walk over to the ground, you see the guys come in from Super Saturday and they're just absolutely mm. cooked. Like, they just Make fall it. into the pool. Yeah. And they're just like, geez, I wish I was playing so bad. Like, they're yep. the worst sessions. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Benny Simmons signed a massive deal with the Philadelphia uh, 76ers, but he's not um, – Playing in the FIBA World Cup. He's coming yeah. out here to Australia. Yeah. Going to take on the Aussies, which would be massive. You going to that? Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's 22nd of August, 24th of August. Marvel Stadium, Thursday, Saturday. Yeah. Australia v. USA. You'd so I'm going on the you real courtside today? Not on Thursday okay. at the stage because we play the day after Friday mm-hmm. night against Essendon, I think. Does the draw come out yet? That uh, last round? Not yet. But it should be the same. It should be the Friday night. Yeah, I think I'm the Friday night anyway. So yep. I've penciled in the Saturday night. Going to go. Um, yeah, I can't wait. So I think, yeah, he's pulled out of the World Cup yep. to work on his game for Philly. Like he's just signed a five-year, $240 million deal. So yep. it's probably fair enough that he's decided to put a few more eggs in that basket to play there. But he's also said that he's going to be playing at the Olympics in Tokyo. So yep. I think that's a pretty good result for everyone. And, you know, there's a... A bit in his game that he needs to work on with his jump shot and all that. How do you score it out of ten? How do I score what? His jump shot out of ten. He doesn't. Well, he doesn't really have one yet. He doesn't. Yeah. He, like he hasn't. I think he's shot maybe what like fifteen shots in his career from out there, and usually when the shot clock's going down. So well, how do you rate his free throw? Not very good. I don't know three mm. out of ten. Mm. Um, but like his game is so high level. So. I think Australia should be excited by the fact that he's going to spend a whole summer working on his jump shot. Yeah. So if he adds that to his game, then it's, you know, then we arguably at the Olympics have one of the best players in the yeah. tournament in our team. He so, needs to work on that. He needs to Yeah, improve. and that's what he's doing. So yeah. he's taking the whole summer where, and, you know, at a World Cup, you can't be like, oh, guys, I need to get up X amount of shots from these spots because I need to work on my jump shot at a World Cup. Yeah. It's all about winning. So, um, yeah, well done to him. I think signed a massive deal and now he goes, puts in the work and, um, hopefully he can help us at the Olympics. Before we go, um, massive moves in the free agency. Like We've loved what's happened over the past week or two. been so interesting. So we know you're a big Lakers fan. Who do you think is going to win the uh, the championship considering now that Kawhi, PG are at the... I uh, think Clippers. if we're so healthy, the Lakers, we as in the Lakers, will be front runners. Um, we just have depth. We have 
I like that we have depth. Yeah, we have depth. I like our bench. Um, we don't have a third star, which I really like. So Danny got, Green? Yeah, we've got Danny Green. We've got Rondo, DeMarcus Cousins, Kyle Kuzma, um, who, Avon Bradley as well. So AV. we've got, like, I think we've got a good balance of depth. The guys can come in and play a role. And then we've got the two stars in AD. And, you think the Lakers uh, win it? I think the Lakers win it. I also like the fact that we've got DeMarcus Cousins, you know, hopefully he gets back to full health. He's got a full summer. We picked him up for like vet min, which is hopefully he stops awesome. having tick fouls. Yeah, but I don't care. He's a good player, so you got him for two mil a year. Um, probably just have him for one year because he'll go if he plays well, get a max deal somewhere. But I like what we've built. Um, yeah, and I think we, you know, obviously with Golden State getting slightly weakened by KD leaving, slightly. it opens up yeah. for us. And uh, Clay, Clay, yeah, he's well, got to Angelo Russell, so. I think that, that would just be a loan, so they'll use him for as long as they need to, and then Clay gets back, and they'll trade him and try and bring in another star. Um, Kawhi and PG, PG, they're going to be tough to beat, but I think you know, Andre. I think AD and LeBron are better than Kawhi and Paul George. You've never been suspended, have you? Never. Never been reported. I think you are the um, player with the longest record or most game, current player with the most games without a suspension. That makes you the cleanest player in the AFL. Real clean skin. Cleanest in history or cleanest in the... Current. Uh, just smartest. Yeah. 293 games without a suspension. It's not bad, is it? Let's play the ball, mate. <laughs> Real clean skin, Pendlebury. Might explore that more next week. Scotty, you and your finger. Good luck. Thank uh, you. If you're playing. Stay out of trouble. Yeah. I try to. I said... Um, See, Braden Maynard was playing the man. Yeah, cost me. he's trying to take out your um, table old, tennis. Old game. chalk bones over here. Yeah. Old chalky. Because you, you kick with your left and handball with your right too, don't you? Kick with my left, handball with my right. And golf That's with weird. my left, yeah. tennis with my right. It's not normal. Yeah, it's yeah, a bit different. Yeah, yeah, I'm different. All right, mate. If you're playing, good luck. Thank you. Good luck with the finger, Coco. Outstanding as usual. Oh, cheers, mate. We are at the George 162 Collins Street uh, signing off. We'll catch you next week. Bye for now. The prawns are Thank here. Thank you. Ha, ha, ha.